Welcome back. You're listening to The Youth Take, a main voice to men podcast dedicated to lifting the voices of young people and engaging youth around topics of gender and violence prevention. Thanks for listening. As you know, our youth council members and their parents are discussing the various experiences of gender that different generations have encountered in our mini-series, Gender Across Generations. In the second episode of our three-part mini-series, we'll be hearing from Sarah Stoffer and her father, Bill, as they talk about their lives growing up and how parenting adds conflict between belief and reality. Enjoy listening. My name is Sarah. I am a student at Hofst University. Hi, I'm Bill Stoffer, and I am a small business owner, a writer, and Sarah's father. Dad, for the first question, what is your definition of gender and how has it changed since your youth? I don't know if I've really thought about definition of gender beyond like a physicality. Um, like literally what makes up gender in terms of body parts. Well, I think, I think um, it's changed a lot and it, it evolves over time. It's still evolving um, since you point out things that I need to be aware of occasionally. But, you know, when I was growing up and my parents are fairly liberal, um, we still initially anyway, uh, my brother and I, my older brother and I were funneled toward you know, playing hockey, um, learn how to drive the boats and things with my dad, helping him paint the boat, get it ready for the season. Uh, whereas my, my sisters, you know, whether it was how their rooms were painted or the Christmas gifts they were given, um, there was definitely clear gender delineations initially. But I think um, perhaps because, at least philosophically, my parents we're still open to us being who we wanted to be. When my youngest sister wanted to play on the boys' hockey team, they had no issue with it. So I think there were even some challenges to maybe some of the gender stereotypes when I was young, even though it wasn't, we didn't think of it from a philosophical standpoint. I think I went through other changes when I went to college and, and took a, a few women's studies courses, and that included Classes like man-made language, where you learn about, um, especially in the English language, you learn about a lot of the patriarchal, patriarchal um, aspects to the language. Um, so I think some of that opened my eyes. Some of it was forced upon me, whether that was having two successful younger sisters who helped me um, see the light, so to speak. And I think I've seen that in my own daughters who, who really choose their own paths, you know, maybe without regard to gender, but I think gender still also plays a point. I think we also have to be careful that we shouldn't, we shouldn't also label a woman who wants to be feminine a certain way more than we should label a man who wants to be effeminate a certain way. What is your definition of gender? Um, my definition of gender is, has definitely changed, but I don't think I fully came to understand gender as a construct until um, my sophomore year of high school when I first got introduced to my boys men because in the beginning my definition of gender was the same as my definition of biological sex mm. um, and 
now I have this understanding of biological sex and then also a different understanding for gender. So as of now, um, my definition of gender is um, the way in which someone chooses to um, express their masculinity or um, femininity. I can mm-hmm. never say that right. Um, and to what extent they wish to express themselves as one or the other. And there's a, and obviously one or one end or the other of the spectrum because I do now understand gender as a spectrum as right, opposed right, to a binary. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not black and white, there's a lot of gray. How did you navigate raising a child during a time of change with regard to gender ex- expectations and gender roles? Yeah, that's a good question because you know, I, I think about some of the things that, that came up. You know, I think back to your first pair of heels, if you remember correctly. <laughs> um, and I think whether it's grandparent, your, your grandparents or even mom, um, in the name of protecting you, um, saying, hey, you shouldn't wear that, that's a little risque, etc. And I think you remember I had conversations with you saying that I don't think it's fair that that onus is on you, on what you wear, because of some unknown man stereotyping a woman based on what she's wearing. It's been hard to navigate that, I think. Also, as you know, your sister was labeled a tomboy early on. And I just think, I think, first of all, I think we'd be a much better world if both sexes could express both their masculine and feminine sides along the spectrum without being labeled stereotype, pigeonholed, ridiculed, mocked, um, etc. I think it would be healthier for everybody because I think men who want to appear only masculine are suppressing probably some feminine attributes. And at the same time, I think women also probably might not feel comfortable or feel it's in their right to assert themselves, so to speak. Um, so I agree with what you were saying earlier. I think it is a spectrum, and I think the more we feel free to travel along that spectrum, the better we'll be. But I feel, I feel I'm, I'm sure there's areas, whether it was the color of your rooms or whether it was gifts we got for you, I'm sure we consciously or subconsciously um, pushed you both into certain feminine. I, I remember going shopping with Tori and mom and getting frustrated because we couldn't find what she wanted. I said, let's go over to the boys section and boom, she found what she wanted. And now I think she's made her own style, which is, I can't describe it. It's, it's just her, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you've done the same. Um, let me ask you this, how have you felt confined by a narrow different definition of gender you identify as? And can you give an example? I think I do. I am lucky in the sense that once I was able to verbalize what I liked and didn't, it didn't really come down to gender, at least not like I didn't feel constrained growing up in how I expressed myself in regard to gender. Um, Because I, you know, I grew up with like Polly Pockets and Barbies and American Girl Dolls, but I also grew up with Lincoln Logs and Legos and train sets and swimming and playing in mud and running, you know, 
chasing people, my friends and whatnot. And I grew up boating and, you know, as we got older, we were able to help my dad with the boat a lot, which is something he did with his dad. Um, so in turn, in stacking wood, yeah, stacking wood, painting. Um, so I never really felt constrained from an immediate family standpoint. Um, but I do remember when I was, um, a junior in high school, I was being inducted into the Scarborough High School chapter of the National Honor Society, and there, the teacher um, who was in charge of National Honor Society at the time um, was very adamant in the way that she expected us to dress. Um, we had a whole like pamphlet full of information. Boys were supposed to be in coat and tie and nothing else and girls were supposed to be in some kind of whether it was a dress or a skirt or a shirt and a skirt um and it had to hit us at the knee or below and we had to sit a certain way to like you know you know i'm sure everyone's heard like act like a lady at least if you're female identified you've heard that plenty of times so yeah i think that was definitely one time i felt like you know, pressured into dressing a way that I wouldn't have necessarily dressed in that sense. And I know a lot of my friends, I have a lot of friends who aren't big skirt people. Um, and so they would, they would have wanted to wear like nice slacks and a shirt maybe, and they couldn't do that. Um, yeah, I guess that's an example. I didn't really have that much of a problem with it because I do enjoy on occasion getting dressed up and dressing very feminine um so i didn't have much of an issue with it but i took issue with it because i had friends that i cared about who had issues with it so mm. do you remember any instances from your youth when you were expected to behave in a certain manner based on your gender and did this ever con conflict with your values or beliefs yeah sure i mean i think um I'm not, not necessarily from so much maybe from my parents, but certainly from my peers. You know, you're expected to be, you know, I played ice hockey. So you're expected to be, you know, rough and tough. And if uh, you got hit too hard, certainly not cry. I think probably one of the biggest things would be on how, now this would have been, you know, early 80s how we were expected to behave around other women or other girls um, in high school and middle school, you know? Like, we really thought that, 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 it, that it was like a conquest at times. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think we had, I don't think there was main boys to men or anything like that back then. Um, really very little talk of of um, you know healthy relationships and that it's you know it was all it was all like a, a race to to whoever could lose their virginity the sooner the better um, because that gave you status um, so I think yeah there was a lot of pressure and then thinking my best friend in high school who was gay and I didn't know it you know I didn't know that until much later so back in in, in that time you know um, 
we had no understanding of sexuality, uh, sexual preferences. Um, what are you noticing about the changing nature of gender among youth culture at this time? I think that's an appropriate question after what I just told you, you know, about the expectations of my youth. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that because I'm kind of growing up in that time of change, um, I, I, it's happening, you know, as I'm happening. And so I don't feel that I probably notice it as much as someone who might have grown up, you know, when you were, and then seeing how it is now, I think that that shift probably seems greater. Um, but from a main boys to men point of view, I remember, you know, being a sophomore in high school and facilitating one of my first trainings, and I really didn't really, I didn't really know a ton about what I was doing. Um, I knew the content really well, and I believed in it, but I didn't fully understand what kind of pushback I might get. Um, and I was also a sophomore facilitating um, a room full of seniors. Not only was I female, but I was also two years their junior. Um, and I wasn't very well received. A couple of seniors came up to me and told me that this information was really useful and that they had never thought about gender um, in that sense. Um, we got a lot of pushback from male-identified students, and now when I'm facilitating seniors um, in high school, I'm almost getting the opposite reaction where they're like, oh yeah, like we don't really have an issue with, you know, narrow masculinity and you know these sort of gender constructs um and it differs between high schools but in general even within the short period of like my four years of high school and now I'm almost halfway through college that's only like five and a half years almost six years and we're already starting to see a shift of a greater number of students being able to comprehend topics like narrow masculinity and how that funnels into boundaries and consent and healthy relationships um, and sort of how they interact with you know their peers and how you know how they communicate how they're comfortable being interacted with you know how has being a parent changed your views on masculinity and what advice would you give other parents considering the intersection of parenting and gender? I don't know if parenting I maybe I don't know if parenting's changing me a lot. I mean I I think one of the biggest changes for me was was really going to college. Number just just in the courses I took and then also outside of that just uh, quite honestly learning about homosexuality learning about gender issues, things like that, 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 you know, going from kind of that small town mentality to like, wow, there's a bigger world in many, many ways, right? Um, but I think where parenting comes into play is you're then faced with those, the ways you're brought up that can be very ingrained that are passed down generation to generation. We, the bad things we hope we shed a little bit as we go on, right? But, but you're, you're faced with those things 
that sometimes fight against your philosophical beliefs, right? And what I mean by that is, philosophically, I don't think anybody should tell you how to dress. You know, I mean, within reason, right? Like, from a health standpoint, you shouldn't go into a restaurant without shoes and a shirt, right? What I think what you understand what I'm saying is, though, is that trying to put that into practice and reality with your own children when they might be going out on a date or a friend, that's where I think the conflict can be challenging. I think we've done a pretty, you know, I, I say we've done a pretty good job, but only because I feel like we have two good kids that have good judgment. How have messages of gender stereotypes proliferated by media, institutions, and family and friends influenced your understanding of gender? I think that it had influence over me up until my sophomore year of high school. I think that even though I, you know, am proudly female identified and I don't mind, you know, dressing in, you know, certain ways, um, I think that I would, in terms of how I acted, I think that the way, especially, um, female identified members of my family, um, have ha influenced me in a way that made me act, made me a people pleaser, um, especially with like my peers. Um, and then once, <laughs> once I took my first training in Maine Boys to Men, I think that now what media and um, certain family members um, inspire in me when they, you know, say something or do something that might contradict my beliefs, uh, my belief system with a Maine Boys to Men lens on, I think that they more inspire a stronger level of defiance. <laughs> Um, than they previously did. Yeah, I don't really think they influence me in how I choose to express myself or um, behave. Now, I think that they make me more apt to continue this work. Um, and I'm able to see, almost see it more. How have you felt supported in your gender, in your relationships, whether it be family, friends, uh, professional, or romantic relationships? Wow. Um, Trying to end on an uplifting note. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a white male in the United States of America, so it's hard not to feel supported, right? Um, I mean, nobody, no, no class or gender has had more opportunity in the history of the world. Um, in some ways, right? But I think, um, in, in all seriousness, I think I am supported. Like I, in some ways, I think it can be challenging. In some, I'm the only male in this household, so in some ways, I think sometimes y'all put the male stereotype on me, and the breadwinner, or who's going to go fix that, blah blah blah. But, but at a, on the same token, I feel very supportive. Um, when two years ago I lost a very good friend in John, I felt that it didn't matter. I, I could cry and cry openly with all of you. Um, I've always felt that. I've always felt that nobody in this household would 
could um, ridicule me or ex- or expect me not to share my emotions. And I think I think I'm lucky in my life partner and your mother that um, she's always been that that way, always been open with me, and has not had expectations one way or the other. I think, and I think it's only having two daughters has only maybe made that a better experience um, because it's challenged both your mother and I on how we can raise you to just the fullest of your potential and not pigeonhole you into a gender stereotype and I think that challenges us and it makes us better people so same question back to you how have you felt supported in your gender in your relationships family friends professional romantic etc yeah I think my answer will be pretty similar to yours I don't think I've ever felt not supported um, in terms of my gender and how I express myself Um, I am I mean I've I'm a cis female identified girl See, we didn't even um, use cis back in the day, but yeah, yeah. That's it. yeah. Uh, my dad is a cis white uh, male identified man. So, because I'm cis, I've always identified with the gender that traditionally falls alongside my biological sex. So, I never really experienced any conflict with my gender and how I express that. I think that professionally, what's nice about main voice to men, but then also within the restaurant that I work, um, I haven't ever been pigeonholed or treated differently. Um, when I started working there, I was um, one of the only girls who worked there, but they didn't treat me any differently. They didn't train me in any one particular area because they thought I would be better or worse at it. But I think that that is because I was predominantly trained by one person and that one person has continued to work with me for the past four and a half years I've worked there. Um, because I have had other managers who were not, who were slightly misogynistic and probably would have trained me one way or the other depending on my gender. Um, but. I think that I was lucky in the manager who stepped up to train me um, and work with me. Um, and the same goes with Mean Boys to Men. I've, I've never felt like I couldn't do something because I was female identified. I feel like, I feel like I'm really lucky in that sense that I've never ha- experienced like extreme conflict with regard to my gender expression. Especially the work and especially that industry, you know? Yeah. Because the restaurant industry does have a little bit of a history, although, you know, that you know, my, my mindset goes so far back, so. Yeah. You know, you go into, like, David's restaurant now, and there's as many female chefs as male chefs in the kitchen, and same thing in the serving station, so, mm. yeah. Well, thank you for doing this with me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for listening to the Youth Take. To learn more about Maine Boys to Men and our youth council, check out our website, mainboystomen.org, or follow us on social media at Maine Boys to Men. And make sure to hit follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast to be notified about upcoming episode releases. Tune in next time for more great conversations.